I always feel fortunate to get the lineup of guests that we do for this podcast. They carry with them many years of experience and wisdom. My name is Jimmy Gia, and you're listening to the Levers for Change podcast. One of the areas of continued relevance is advice that our guests give to early professionals. We asked each guest this season what common challenges they've observed in early career professionals and what mentorship advice they usually give. Let's just jump right into it. Let's start with Jay Bruns, the Senior Climate Policy Advisor to Washington State Insurance Commissioner. His answer was a succinct summary of the career advice episode from Season 1, to search for sustainability impacts within your existing job rather than applying for a job with a title that includes sustainability. I love to talk with young people. It's almost always young, younger people than me, but yeah, people who are either contemplating a new career or are already in a career and want to want to move forward. What I find is oftentimes people are fixated on uh, specifics rather than thinking about, well, it's taking a step back and saying, this is what I would like to see if I can make happen in an organization, be it a government or a nonprofit or a private sector. I'm constantly finding myself saying, when people say, well, I want to work on a climate change related issue or a sustainability related issue, I point out that there are precious few jobs that have that in their title. So what I encourage people to do is to join an organization and then once inside the organization to show leadership by saying, geez, this is very interesting what our company is doing, but you know, we could be more sustainable if we did this or that. And either joining a group like that or actually just in your everyday life at your desk, looking for ways to get to where you think the world needs to get. And so you can do that in oh so many ways. And I think people, they attach too much. Well, the job description is this and this is and and so I am confined by doing just what's in the job description. I find that if you are creative, get some backing from your from your leadership, you can look at that job description in a way that helps the organization tremendously and also helps you build credentials that you want on, say, working on on sustainability issues. Suzanne Singer, the chief engineer of Native Renewables, sees that students as young as junior high and high school are already getting interested in clean energy jobs. To those people, there's nothing more important than getting good grades, because unfortunately, it's the metric most of the world relies on. So some of that challenges for, I'll say, people in the age where they're still kind of early high school is it's been so long since I've been in high school. A lot of them will ask about scholarships. So I'll talk about my path, which was I got good grades, hence I got scholarship. It took off the pressure to have scholarships and gave you time to do well in school. So for those folks, I don't know the scholarship landscape anymore, so that makes it hard to advise them. Folks that want to go to grad school, oh man, the struggle is it's tough. <laughs> Sometimes I tell people, I don't know if I would go through grad school again. It was really hard. I mean, it's a fine line of encouraging them and 
you know, tell them if they work hard, they can do it, but also being realistic that it's really, really hard. I think other challenges are people that want to move or change careers. I feel like when I was at the lab, at least I could, I knew there was a, a pipeline that existed that I could do my best to help funnel them through. I'm not a big fan of the GPA requirements anywhere. I feel like some people don't have to work to do while they're going to school to support themselves. And, you know, ideally you can do well at everything, but I do think some people face more challenges trying to go through academics than others, and it hinders them from doing well. So I think some of the challenges for folks applying to people with GPA requirements is like, if you don't have the GPA, I don't know what to tell you for this field. So for folks that are younger, they want to work at a national lab type caliber place, you will have a much, much better chance at getting into these places if you have good grades to back it up. When people enter the workforce, they face a multitude of challenges, from simply landing a job to not settling less to what matters to them, as Ben Cott, CEO of LightSource BP Labs, observed in his response. When you talk about the early professionals today, and I'm, I'm mentioning a couple of people actually from INSERT, one of the challenges is just making ends meet. <laughs> this is a tough time. It hasn't been great already the last few years. It's been, the economy has been booming, but a lot of that has been due to efficiency, automation, and so on. And, and a lot of companies have started cutting back, you know, workforce already before COVID just because they have become more efficient, outsourcing, and so on. And I think now after COVID, it's become a, a whole lot harder to find a great job, a great opportunity at, at all levels, again, at all levels of professional professional sort of jobs, professional opportunities. The first challenge for me is just get on the ladder that I see in people is just to get on the ladder, find a job, find any job, find a qualification, have a study and so on, great, but then find your first job two, three years, ideally have a great logo next to it, but have something that you can then look at and say, okay, this is my stepping stone now, my foundation. I almost want to say this is, it should be easier now to do that with all the great new things happening and startups and technologies and so on. But I feel if I look back at my beginning of the career, 20, beginning of my career, 20 years ago, it seems to have almost become harder, definitely now versus six months ago, but even 20 years ago in a way. I hear that a lot. The other challenge I see, and that's quite interesting, that's certainly a generational change that I perceive between the likes of us and, and people starting now. They don't want to do five years of slides and PowerPoint and business analytics and stuff just to then do the next the next five years or something and then maybe after 10 15 years you 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 discover your passion your profession then you can do you can give back and you can really work on something that you're passionate about and where purpose meets passion and opportunity they want that now you know well maybe after year or two years they don't have that patience i think that's a good thing i really think that's a good thing on the one hand, it makes it even harder for them to find the right opportunity because the choice already was limited or hard, and now it sort of gets whittled down even more. It's great if you already have a vision, but what if you don't? Or what if your vision isn't right size to your capabilities? Prace Vacaria, the managing director of Romanium, noticed that she often runs into people who underestimate their abilities and encourages people to dream bigger. I mentor a lot of young startups. And I've mentored individuals in my team as well, the people I've recruited. You know, startups and startup thinkers have their own problems. But let me tell you a unique problem, which I think is a big problem we are seeing in society today, which is uh, not aiming high enough. So I had this one person I recruited in my team 
for a startup called Right Amigos. And was very smart, very bright, but he came from a disadvantaged background. And I don't think he ever dreamt high enough because I could see his capabilities. But when he would take on tasks or commit to something, it would be some of the, the easy things, not the challenging things that he was actually capable of. And uh, let me compare that to right? being at MIT and seeing MIT Howard students who are really confident, maybe even too confident, right? Uh, that, that don't match up to their actual skills. So that tells you that there are two countries, there are two societies in, in America today. And the one advice I would give always is that like aim higher, you know, aim more than what you can dream for, because only then you will apply for those jobs, which you don't think are meant for you. Only then will you, you know, fight for that pay, which you, you deserve or which you think you should get. Because if you always undervalue yourself, always undersell yourself, I think we're going to see more and more of these disparities play out in society. So that's my, my feedback to young people starting out in careers. Always aim higher and always fight for what you think you can do. And always try to say, going back to saying yes, always say yes to taking on more roles. Because truly, I think we're all capable for much more than we think we are. Stacy Flynn, CEO and co-founder of Evernew, agrees. And it's not just dream bigger. For a lot of female leaders to also not lose confidence in their ability in the pursuit of their dreams. Well, you know, for young women and girls... Confidence is a really big factor. I heard a statistic today, actually, that girls' confidence goes down pretty significantly once they hit grammar school and then even more once they get out of high school. I heard a statistic that the majority of women do not believe their dreams can come true. And to me, I'm just, that really upsets me. I would say that we all have a unique perspective. No one can see what we see. No one can know what we know really. If someone says no, if someone gives you a hard time, my experience has been that's a great indication that you're on the right road. No matter one's passion, the ability to perform must match the vision of dreaming big. The upshot? Work hard and know why you're doing it. Judd Verdon, the Associate Laboratory Director of Pacific Northwest National Labs, explains. Um, work hard. You know, nothing, nothing replaces working hard. I just don't believe you can be a world-class research scientist working 40 hours a week. So there's the work ethic is never going to change. But more importantly, it's, it, we try to teach as many of our researchers this. Ask yourself the big so what question. Why does my research matter? What important problem am I contributing to? You always want to contribute to the most important problem so you can have impact at the end of the day. And so we really try to focus on here's the important national challenge and here's your role in that national challenge. And why that's important from a research point of view is to be a world-class researcher, you've got to build up a body of work in an important area so you can move up in, in your national recognition and your impact. So I, I work hard, number one, but work on big, important problems. And then the other thing is work with others. Because no individual, no institution can solve it on their own. Build a national or international group of people working on these things together and really encourage critical thinking and challenging each other to get the best ideas moving forward. So there you have it. Whether you're in high school or junior high, just trying to land your first job or shifting careers, it's a combination of dreaming big, of knowing the so what question that you're working on and working hard to deliver on achieving it. 
But above all else, it's the grit to continue. After all, each of our guests have spent many decades on their career journeys, and they would not be where they are without that perseverance. Thank you for listening. This has been the last episode of Season 2 of the Levers for Change podcast. I hope you'll join us for Season 3, coming to you later in 2021. Please subscribe to be notified of when the next episodes become available. In the meantime, as you try to make an impact in the world, always be searching for your levers of change.